you guys and welcome to Adulting with Joy Spring, the how-tos of your 20s told by a 20-something-year-old traversing through adult life expectantly and with gusto. Don't forget to check out joyspring.com for the show notes and use the hashtag, hashtag AdultingWithJoySpring for all your comments, suggestions, and hopefully non-violent reactions. Thanks for listening. What's up, you guys, and welcome to another episode of Adulting with Joy Spring, the how-tos of your 20s told by a 20-something-year-old. Hi, my name is Joy Spring, and this is going to be a solo episode because we haven't done solo episodes in just uh, in a while, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be talking with you guys again on the podcast just by myself. The past few episodes have really been filled with amazing human beings sharing their insights and their life stories, and I'm really grateful that you guys enjoyed those but there are also a couple of messages on my social media platforms and the email that's been asking me to do a solo episode so I've decided to finally do that so uh, this is kind of awkward because by now I'm kind of used to having another person on the podcast to talk with and banter with but let me start with I guess a life update so I got married I got married around three weeks ago February 9 uh, and it's been a blast to be married to my best friend if you guys have been listening to the podcast since 2018 you probably know that I kept telling stories about you know keeping myself just by myself and enjoying single life and doing this podcast and exploring so many things and just being in my mid-20s and kind of reinventing and rediscovering myself after staying single for like almost two years and now I'm married and it's all very fast-paced but it it really has been such a blessing and I keep telling people like because people would come up to me and they'd say isn't it too fast that you guys were dating for a bit and then you got married after you got engaged Um, and I would always tell people that marriage whatever whatever season of your life you're in it's always going to be a leap of faith and for me it can be a calculated leap of faith but it's a leap of faith nonetheless it's putting your faith in god and putting your faith in that person that you will be and in yourself first in yourself that you will be able to really commit and love and nourish and care for this person for the rest of your life. It's faith in that other person that they will be able to do the same for you. And it's faith in God that he will keep his promises, that he will just keep you together, that he will take care of you, that he will enable you to become the spouse that you need to be, the wife or the husband that you need to be in this marriage. So I feel like there's no specific or certain amount of time that will equip you to do that i mean i've i've really had a lot of friends who were in relationships for years and then they end up breaking up and then there's also the other end of the spectrum wherein they were together for just a couple of months and then they got together they got married and they're still happily married right now so i think I pray and i hope that Wancha and i are on that other side of the spectrum we're in we really just, we knew, we knew that we were going to marry each other and we knew that we were obeying God, that we were honoring God with this decision and that we covered all bases. And not a lot of people know this. Okay, life update also. The time that Wancha and I 
were dating, it was really, really such a pivotal season in my life. I had been going through a lot of things. I had a lot of changes in my life. I was contemplating. I've never talked to anyone publicly about this. I was contemplating on flying to New York and uprooting my whole life here in the Philippines and living in New York as an artist and as a writer. And I was really just thinking of doing that. But then when Wancha came along, everything just changed. And I felt like it was also, uh, I guess, an, an impression in my heart by God that this is where I'm supposed to be. The Philippines is my home and it will be my home at least for the next couple of years as Wancha and I traverse through this married life. So that's the life update. And um, we actually just came home from our honeymoon yesterday and we went to this beautiful place in Coron Palawan, which is my favorite resort, probably my favorite spot in the entire Philippines. And that's saying a lot because I've traveled quite a lot around the Philippines and it's we have such a beautiful, amazing, spectacular country. But this particular resort is my favorite and I had always dreamed of bringing my future husband in this place and I promised myself and I promised God because the first time that I went there I went there for my mom's birthday so it was me my brother my mom and my dad the four of us we were on a trip in 2017 and I promised myself that was my first time and it was so beautiful I promised myself I said I will take my future husband here not a boyfriend not friends not anybody else but my future husband and I will make a trip here and by God's grace we were able to make that trip uh, to Coron Palawan. Uh, thank you to our ninongs and our ninans who were very generous. So nagkaroon kami ng budget para makapunta sa Coron Palawan. Um, so yeah, it was very beautiful. We stayed there for around three days, three nights, four days, three nights. And I didn't want to go home. But here I am back in Manila and back to grinding again. The reason why I wanted to tell all those amazing stories is so that I could set you up for the most paradoxical contrast in my life so it's been such a beautiful season and I praise God for the beautiful time that I've been able to enjoy these past couple of months but I have to be completely honest with you I am suffering through another season of depression wow beautiful thank you thank you thank you thank you uh sorry for the sarcasm but it's just it it really my depression has been uh, an issue that I've, I've struggled with since I was in high school. And when I was in high school, people just called me emo. Like people called me emo and hipster and artistic and brooding and all of these uh, nice adjectives. But I, it, it, was really, it, it really has been such a struggle. And it wasn't until I was maybe 21 that I got officially diagnosed by a doctor. It wasn't until I was 22, 23 that I started taking medicines. And it wasn't until then till I really took it seriously. Before I was 22 or 23, before I had the diagnosis and before I started taking medicine, I would always just brush it off as... I'm just moody because I'm an artist, you know. I'm I'm just a creative and it's just my brain is different. I'm a left I'm left and right brained. I love the academics as much as I love the arts and the music and that brings out some complications. I'm just I'm just a complicated human being and 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 I didn't know how to deal with it. And so because I didn't know how to deal with it, I would often try to 
patch whatever problems I had with myself or whatever thing it was that I couldn't really bridge between my emotions and my feelings and my moods and how I how I was being as a human being and um, my mental state I would just patch it up with okay maybe I just need to drink so I started drinking and then maybe I just need to smoke and so I started smoking maybe I just need to hang out more maybe I just need to work more and so if you see my life you'd especially like a couple of years ago you'd probably be like oh my gosh what is this what is this girl on she's doing radio tv everything events and everything but that was my way of coping with my depression because I didn't know how to get out of it I didn't know how to deal with it and so I would just put one facade after another whether it was party girl cool girl painter girl workaholic girl friendly girl traveler girl, whatever it was, it was all just an effort to try and figure out how to deal with my depression. But praise God that he has saved me and has shown me a more uh, a healthier way to deal with my depression. And, um, and what I'm going to be doing now on the podcast is to really share with you the ways that I deal with my depression, especially when it's in heightened seasons like the, these, where I really don't understand. Sometimes like everything is going well. I am married to the love of my life. I have a roof over my head. I eat three or eight times a day. I travel and I work in a job that I absolutely love. I'm surrounded by people who care for me and who I adore but every time I'm alone, or even if I'm not alone, I just feel the weight of the world on my shoulders and my feet drag with so much sadness and I'm just morose all the time and it's really, 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 really tough. I can't, I can't explain it enough and it's, it's worse. It's worse because I would understand feeling like this if I were in a difficult situation, if some something went wrong, but everything's going right and you still feel this way. So I understand that some of you guys are feeling that way. And, and that's precisely the reason why I wanted to create this podcast episode, because I want you to know that being in this position of the most ideal life that I could ever think of, and I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. It's just a lot of people think that the place where I am I am in now, and that goes for anybody who's on a pedestal, that goes for any artist or any public figure, I guess, that has a platform. You would think that people in our position would have all the happiness and all the contentment in the world. And it's not true. The, your circumstances will not be able to define the way that you feel and the way that your soul feels. That's something that's supernatural. And that's something that I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, I want to put it out there that I am a Christian. And everything that I'll be telling you is from the perspective of someone who has been saved by Christ. And it really... Being a Christian and having God and having Jesus as my Lord and Savior has the, is the only thing really honestly has the has been the only thing that changed my entire life that changed my entire perspective and then everything else that I'll be telling you is just a step-by-step -step practical way that I get to do uh, to help myself 
with regards to like the spiritual battle of dealing with anxiety. So these are the six things that I usually try to do when I'm dealing with my seasons of depression and anxiety. Take note, I am not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I am just another human being that suffers through depression and anxiety. And I think that these things might be helpful to some people. So hopefully you th- these things will help you, but I do suggest that you go and talk to a doctor, to a therapist, to a counselor, to a professional if you need it. Okay, so first on my list is to acknowledge and express oneself. A lot of people, I think, that suffer through depression, and this includes myself, suffer because we keep denying that we have it. And we keep telling ourselves that depression and anxiety, it's for weak people. It's for people who don't understand life. It's for people who are, and this is sometimes a fault of Christians. It's like, it's for people who don't know Christ. It's for people who are just blah, blah, blah. And I think once we start accepting the fact that mental health disorders and problems like depression and anxiety can hit absolutely anybody, it can hit the nicest, the strongest, the coolest person that you know, it can also hit the weakest, the most needy person that you know, and that includes you acknowledging and accepting that you have depression, that you are going through this difficult season and that there's a disconnect between how you're feeling and where you are in your life will just really help you deal with it. If you keep denying that you're going through this difficult phase, that you're going through this season of anxiety and depression, and if you keep telling yourself, no, I'm just going to suck it up, I'm just going to pretend like everything's okay and maybe I'll be okay in just a couple of days or weeks or months or years, you won't be able to really solve the problem and cut the root of the problem. So the first thing that I really do when I'm going through the season of depression, I acknowledge it, I accept it. I I, I first try to identify it, right? So I identify it, I acknowledge it, I accept it, and then I express it. Identify, because sometimes maybe you're just sad. There's really a big difference between being sad about something and being depressed. So I identify it. Am I just being sad about one thing that's happened to me or am I actually going through a season of depression? If it's lasted more than a couple of days for me and there's no trigger, like there's no reason for me to be quote-unquote sad, and then I start accepting, ah, okay, so ito na naman tayo. Here's another season of depression. And then... I start looking for signs that I'm in that season again where I my, my depression usually goes either I keep sleeping, so I just keep sleeping and sleeping and sleeping, or I don't sleep at all. So now I'm in a season of not sleeping at all. So the, the past couple of months, when I went through another season of depression, I was just... I kept sleeping naman. Ngayon, I can't, I can't sleep. And then I keep eating. So I, I, tr- I try to look for telltale signs. And then I also start not wanting to see anyone, not even my best friend who I love so much, not even Wancho. Sometimes I don't even want to see him. And then I also see, I also try to be aware of how I deal with conversations and with conflict. I'm usually very chill. I don't 
I do get angry, but I don't really raise my voice. I don't curse. But then recently, once when I had a huge fight over something so petty, like he was just asking me about a small decision that he wanted to make to create a vlog or something, and I was just, I got I got so mad, and then I started to identify that okay. I am going through another season of anxiety and depression. And once I started doing that, and then I started like moving forward and thinking of ways and how I can deal with it then, now that I've acknowledged it, it just became better. So after I identified, acknowledged, and accepted it, I started to express it. I started writing down again in my journal more and more. I started, I started writing a song again. I started finding ways on how I can process the emotions and the mental state that I was in and then I started to feel better so that's the first thing that I do the second thing that I do is I stay away from social media and this don't worry this will not be another monologue about how social media is bad for you social media can be good for you and it can be bad for you you have the power to choose whether it goes good or bad for you but being on social media for sure will actually put you in a place that makes you compare yourself with other people. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. When you're in a season of depression, it can definitely be a really bad thing. And for me, it's one of my insecurities that if I go to social media and somebody else is working more, is traveling more, is blank more than me, I get sadder than ever. So I try to stay away from social media. Because it makes me compare the state that I'm in, which is a really sad, low state, to the highlights of other people. And that's really all we see on social media, right? It's the highlights of the lives of other people, of strangers. So I try to stay away from social media and I just do my responsibility of posting on social media as a public figure whenever I have to for brands that I love or for work that I'm doing. The third thing that I try to do is something very practical that I learned from my D group leader. I remember I came to her, to Bliss, and I told her, Bliss, I'm feeling really sad. I think I'm in another season of depression. This was around two years ago. And she was telling me, Baka naman pagod ka lang. Which I never thought of because I would always be you know, sulking. When I'm in my season of depression, girl, I am just sulking. I am in that state of sadness. I am morose. I am just a recluse. I, I'm just in that really bad state. So I never think about these practical things. Now, oh, yeah, no, but I'm just tired. So she told me, maybe you're just tired and maybe you should, you should rest. And so the third thing that I try to do whenever I'm in a season of depression is I take care of my body better. Here's the thing. We're always going to be in the state of busyness. And it's okay to be busy. It's okay to try to excel in whatever field you're planted in. It's okay to really just hustle it out. Because this is a time of our lives where we're really just hustling it out. Right. But if you're depressed and if you're a high-functioning depressed person like me, one of the things that you can really do as a favor to your mental health is to rest. Get some sleep in you. Apart from rest, get some exercise in you. Apart from that, get some good food in you. Changing your nutrition, changing the activities that your body is going through, whether that's physical activity, you're exercising, you're doing sports, or whether that's resting, 
it will really be able to calibrate your body and therefore calibrate your brain. When I'm also going through depression, I make sure that I stay away from alcohol because my doctor before told me that um, alcoholic beverages are natural downers. That's what they call it. So you'll be happy. Siguro masaya. You're happy while you're drinking alcohol, but then there's a crash to it. So I try and not drink alcohol. And I also stay away from coffee or anything that will keep uh, that will make my heart pump faster. So I try to stay away from that. And I really just make sure that I'm taking care of my body well. I know that that should be something that you do on a regular basis, even if you're not going through depression. But let's be honest, sometimes these are the things that we overlook. And so when you are feeling depressed, maybe just make sure that maybe it's just something that you're eating. It's something that you're not resting well, right? It can really totally affect the way that you are also mentally. Okay. Number four that I do is to balance alone time with time with other people. The thing is, whenever I'm, de- I'm depressed, my natural inclination is to always avoid other people. And that includes my husband. Now that we're married, I'm just, I don't want to see him. I don't want to spend time with him, right? And you have to accept, again, identify and accept. You have to accept that, yes, you do need your alone time. You need to be able to process things on your own. But you have to make sure that this is healthy alone time, that you're doing something that will help you be better. And then on the other side of that, I also make sure that whenever I'm in a season of depression or anxiety, that I do make it a point to see people, to interact with people, especially people who know my struggles. So that includes my best friend and, of course, my husband. You have to be honest with yourself and you have to also acknowledge the fact that it's not that it's not safe for people with depression to be alone, especially in the height of their depression. So if you are considering some alone time, make sure that you're in a public place. Like for me, I try to go to the gym, I go to a coffee shop, I, you know, you, you, I go to church, like even if I'm alone, if I'm attending D group by myself, if I'm doing all of these things on my own, that's okay as long as I'm in a public place. Because when I'm in, a, in private, there are just a lot of evil things that are going through my head. And I, I, I start to, I, I just start to sulk. I, I, you, know, you know, my teacher before would always tell me that an idle mind is the devil's playground. And so I try to make sure that whenever I am alone, that I'm in public place when I'm in the height of my depression. But I also make sure that I spend time with the people I love. No human being was ever designed to live by themselves. We are all made to thrive in communities. You are to thrive in the community of your family, in the community of your workplace, in the community of your church. And so make sure that when you are in that state of depression, that even though your natural inclination is to detach from those communities, that you will start forcing yourself to be plugged into those communities, especially in communities that understand your state of depression. That's number four. Number five for me is to pray and meditate on God's word. Um, I've actually looked up and Googled some amazing verses that will really encourage you 
uh, if you're in a season of depression. And this is what I said again. The reason why I'm in a better state right now, even though I'm going through depression, is because of the amazing grace of God and of Jesus Christ saving me and and making me and taking me from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. And being able to call Christ my Lord and Savior has given me an eternal hope, an eternal hope that I cling on to when the mortal things of this world get me down. And I know that that's so difficult, especially for people who don't know Christ yet. But I promise you and I urge you, just go and seek after Jesus and you will find life. C.S. Lewis had a quote before in one of his books. I think it was Mere Christianity. And it went something like this. It says, Look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else. And it's true. Um, I looked for Christ and I seeked after him. And true enough, when you look for the truth, you will find it. And in him, everything else, everything else, the purpose in my life, the hope in my life, the answer to all my what, my why, everything that I've ever questioned, every struggle that I've ever had made sense when I encountered the love and the grace of Christ. And when I figured, when I, when I finally accepted that I was a sinner in need of a savior and that savior was willingly giving this salvation through his death and resurrection on the cross, then everything just started to make sense. And I pray that you find that peace in God as well. Because everything else is fleeting, guys. I mean, when you look at life, everything else is fleeting. Just like that, we can be out of this world. We can just have the worst season of depression. We can just go through the most difficult times. But knowing that there is eternal hope in God, then you will always have something to cling on to and to hold on to. First Peter chapter 5, verses 67 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. John 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in time you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. This is Jesus talking. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Romans eight thirty-eight to 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Finally, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 to 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Friends, the ultimate comfort really is in Christ Jesus and the eternal life that he gives, that he offers us as a gift and having that personal relationship with God has really given me overpowering, overflowing joy that transcends even the most difficult seasons of depression. And I'd love for you to come to know Christ. And I pray that you just pray to him. You just say, Lord, I want to know you. Who is this Jesus Christ? If you are real, make yourself known to me. And I promise you, I'm sure of it. 
God will make himself known to you. So that's point number five. And honestly, that's the most important point for me in dealing with my depression and anxiety. Not that I use God and God's power for my own goodness, but I understand that God's glory is most magnified in our joy in Him. And because of that, we can overcome. So my sixth and final point is to focus on helping and loving others. I often talk about this on the podcast, and I believe in this firmly, that when you start to refocus and to shift your energy from looking at yourself and how you're feeling and what you need, instead of thinking that, you start thinking about others and how you can help them and how you can be of use in your community and how you can actually better the lives of others, it changes everything. And This always goes back to what God has commanded in the Bible, right? You love Him. You love God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And then the second is to love others like you love yourself. It works not only in charity, but it also helps you grow. and And it really shifts your focus into the more important things in life. And I really feel that being able to do that in your season of depression will help you It will really help you understand the things that matter in life and it will really make you more grateful for the things that you have. It's definitely done that for me, especially with my work with World Vision and doing this podcast. Whenever I I try to refocus my energy and my everything to helping others and to creating content that will really help others, it makes me understand that I'm not the only one who's going through difficult seasons. I'm not the only one who's suffering through depression. I'm not the only one who needs help and who needs to process these things. It gives me a bigger and wider perspective of the world around me and of the people around me. And it makes me more compassionate knowing that my energy and my focus is shifted from what I feel and what I need and what I want into what can I do to help other people's lives be better. So there, those are the six things that I usually do. And I've, wow, we've reached 29 minutes already on this podcast, just blabbering and talking by myself. But I really hope that this was something that could help you. I hope that you were able to relate to it. And if you have your own I guess, steps that you do when you, whenever you're going through this difficult season, please do let me know and please share your secrets. Um, I pray that you really find that peace in God and I pray that you will find that community that will help you grow, that will nurture you, that will protect you, that will keep you safe through these difficult seasons. And I pray that you will also be able to pay it forward and help those around you who are dealing with the same things. Um, But yes, I'd like to encourage you. It's a bad day. It's a bad season, but it's not a bad life. And and there's always hope. There's always hope. And I I pray that we hold on to that instead instead of staying in this difficult season. May we always keep moving forward. Even if it's baby steps, it's still a step forward so there that's it for this episode of the podcast um it's a very personal and very very difficult it was a very difficult episode to record but uh, i pray that it's something that has really helped you out and 
at least helped you process whatever you're going through now, if it is something that you're going through. If you like this episode of the podcast, uh, know that there are a couple more episodes on Anchor.fm, on Spotify, on iTunes, and everywhere else. And we've got some amazing show notes by JC Oliveros on www.joyspring.com if you want more. Plus, there's a video version of this podcast at youtube.com slash make the right choice. And yes, next week, we are back with some guests on the podcast. And if you have any suggestions for people you want to hear or see on the podcast, please do let me know. But in the meantime, that's it for Adulting with Joyce Spring. I'll talk to you guys soon. Paalam! And that's it for this episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, go to www.joyspring.com. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash adultingwithjoyspring. I'll talk to you guys soon. Paalam!